You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for October 29th, 2018. On today's show, the crew goes in-depth with Soul Calibur 6 and The World Ends With You Final Remix, Brian gushes more on Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Brian and Frank begin a trip down memory lane with Sears and Kmart. They talk about a spiritual successor to Conquer's Bad Fur Day and make their official predictions for X018. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. Yeah, so I, I've been playing uh, Soul Calibur and people have been trolling online. Someone made a big giant um, like rainbow cube that you like, can't hit. It's so it's OBS. You're gonna have to start. I've seen I've seen a lot of the like custom characters that they've sh- like that people have made and uh, some of them are pretty creative, but some of them are just really, really out there, too, though. I made a pretty decent recreation of the Shredder. OK, um, but uh, yeah, I've seen Thanos. I've seen some pretty cool things. Yeah, I saw the uh, what I saw the South Park, like the the anime South Park when they when they're, it's that oh, anime nice. episode where they're like adults and they're going through and like I saw somebody made those. Uh, it's it's been weird, man. Like I, I just tried to make myself like as close to like what I normally do in like the the wrestling games. Yeah. Um, you actually made a pretty decent representation of yourself. With zero percent body fat. <laughs> yeah. As, as apparently as it is in real life, correct? Uh, I'm just like the kingpin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And that's that's the actual uh, thumbnail we're using for this portion. So if you're curious what uh, what Frank's custom fighter in Soul Calibur six looks like, just check the thumbnail because that's it. Uh, bald head and all bald head and all. Because uh, it, it, it adds to the shine, it just throws you off, you know. <laughs> but I don't understand the shirt because you normally wear like gaming or band T-shirts. You don't normally I wear, wear like I, striped I, I, shirts. I, I, I wear that in my everyday life. Uh, almost every day, I wear like regular work clothes. Yeah. So I have to think, like you know, if I'm in the middle of the day and I'm at work, and then you know, Valdo pops up. <laughs> What am I going to be wearing? Okay. That's the reasoning behind it. <laughs> yes. You never know when Paul going to strike. There you go. There you go. If you didn't know, this is Max Level, a video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games. Um, Brian joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey, guys. Good to have you back this week. Uh, last week, Jack was here as a replacement, the Pumpkin King himself, but uh, very, uh, very quiet guy. Didn't speak much. Yes, he spoke volumes with his eyes. He did, yeah, he stared into your soul. Uh, Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. And before I forget, Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us or just send me a check i'll take a check no we can't do that man we can't do that why would we, why would we want to send you whoa, a check whoa, whoa, whoa. i why didn't would... say we, we can't do that but i am not above just taking a nice flat out check ah uh, i see i see i see uh no, i want to sell out brian don't we're not sending anyone checks we're not sending frank a check uh but what i do what i would appreciate is if you go to itunes drop us a review drop us Please. a rating and uh what you know just Tell us you like the show. Leave us a five star rating. Helps us climb the charts in terms of search results. So that way more people can find us when they're looking for a good video game podcast to listen to. But that sound there means it's time to kick it to a little campaign games. You did hear that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Make it sure. Make it sure that your hearing is still good. 
But uh, time to kick it to some campaign games. Well, you know, you're getting old. Uh, We we have, I know, we have two games to talk about this week. Next week, we're actually going to have a a jam-packed campaign game segment because we have several games that are in the pipeline for next week. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to play Red Dead Redemption 2 yet, so that's going to be held off till next week. But we are going to talk about Soul Calibur 6. So I know, Frank, I've played a little bit of it, but I know you have been putting a lot of time into Soul Calibur 6. So I'll let you kick things off. All right. So uh, Soul Calibur 6, going into it, I knew I was going to love it because I'm a Soul Calibur guy in general. Um, But I want to see what they did story mode was. So that's that's where I I put the bulk of my time. I did the initial regular story mode, which uh, takes you across the tail with Maxi and Killick and uh, Xinguai. Okay. So so that, those are your main people during the story itself. But after you beat story mode, you unlock the ability to do the story mode of every single person in the game and how they fit into this universe, like what what, what their what the tale of their blade is. Oh, nice. Okay. So I, I did uh Gerald or Geralt, sorry. Uh um, He's he's really fun to play as. He's a, he's I a really fight. like him. He's the fighting style I've actually used for my custom player, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Um I did his story, which is pretty cool. I like how it, how it ties in. Uh, he actually has a rival in the uh, the, the Soul Calibur universe. Right. In Mitsurugi. Right. Um, super fun. I really, really love what they did with this. Uh, they also, they, they, they set up an arcade mode where you do you go through like eight level eight levels, pretty much uh, Mortal Kombat style. Yeah. Like the tower type uh, system. T- tower type system kind of. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the real bulk of this game, the real meat and potatoes of what this game is it's all around your creative character, mm-hmm. uh, which I wasn't board. expecting that. No, I mean, I look through the achievements in general just to kind of get a feel for what I was what I was doing here. Right. Um, I want to say maybe 90 percent of them are based around your your creative character. Right. Uh, in a mode called Libra of Souls, which mm-hmm. uh, translates to scale of souls. Right. Uh, so pretty much are you going to be tempted by the dark? Are you going to be are you going to fight for the light? Um. And fight, fight for the light world, as we always say. The theme for the dark world. Uh, <laughs> and I'm having a blast with that. So, I, you know, it's I'm the kind of guy. The first thing I do when I get a game like this as a creative character is I make my creative character. Sure. I usually do, and too. I, and uh, I, I said that the first thing I made was the shredder. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's do it. You know, I, I was in Ninja Turtles kind of mode, mm-hmm. made the shredder. And I was like, oh, cool. Creative character is which is a character going to take through the whole thing. Uh, you go there and no, you can't take the you you have to you have to create a brand new character in this create a character story mode. Right. So I was like, I already made the shredder. Let me make the the, the greatest fighter of all time. So I made myself. Of course, yeah. Um. So I made myself and I was all armored out and I didn't realize you could change your your equipment uh, in custom mode, but I fixed that. Um. And I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast. I, I play. Uh, the fighting style of uh, of Geralt, okay. uh, which is cool. it's definitely fun. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of like tutorial stuff that I just knocked out real quick to get done with, just to make sure I kind of get the feel for it. But mm-hmm. I'm having a blast. I am wrecking this game. I am the greatest Soul Calibur player you've ever seen. Now, are you jumping online and like actually already competing online, or no? Have you not done I that yet? I, I did it a couple of times. Um, I lost one against the troll character, and then. I, I've been doing pretty pretty decent. Um, okay. I, I still want to like hone my craft and actually finish story mode before I go and start playing. We're just straight up online games, right? 
because there's this lots of little little tricks along the way that I'm trying to learn. Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm getting pretty nasty with the with that style. Nice, nice. Uh, which is which is weird because I don't. I uh, all of Soul Calibur. I only ever really played as one guy. I played as Lizard Man. Okay. Uh, and I have the Lizard Man option. I just haven't messed around with it yet. Uh, I because you, you've been playing this as well. Did you have you touched this mode at all or? No, actually, no. I've, I've just been kind of jumping in, doing arcade matches, kind of like just singles matches here and there, just kind of because I, I probably only spent over the last week, three or four hours with it. So not even that long. Okay. Uh, started messing around with story mode, but really didn't really do anything with the actual created character stuff. Like I, I created myself, but I didn't. I, that's as far as I took it. I just spent time actually messing around with the creation tools, which of that three or four hours, probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half of that was messing around with the creation tools itself. So, and uh, I'll I'm gonna knock the game as well while I'm at it too. Okay, that's please, yeah. Uh, very much what they do with every other Soul Caliber, and I and I should have expected it. A lot of stuff is locked on disc. Yeah. Um, I bought the season pass because I love Soul Caliber. I'm gonna play everything on on it, and I want the the characters when they come out. Right. But uh, like like, like a, there's a, there's a lot of like custom character pieces and stuff mm-hmm. that are just locked, and they'll they'll release them after a while. Right. I, I don't like. I really don't like that. Uh, the last Soul Calibur that I really got angry with, I think, was four. Okay. The, the one that had Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because they were selling you a Christmas hat for a dollar, and so this like, no, like, let's stop. Like, just give me what's on my game. Give me what's on. I I hate on disc DLC. I don't mind on disc DLC if it's given to you for free, like later on. Like, okay, say you That's have fine. to like unlock, like you have to unlock it, or it's set to unlock at a certain time, like. You know how some games will have like special events that take place Mar- around like Mar- Halloween Mar- or Christmas. Mar- Mar- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they just give it to you. I don't mind on disc DLC or on cartridge DLC or just in game DLC if it's given to you for free. And, you know, it's however, whatever the conditions are that you unlock it, whether it's just time, whether you have to earn it or whether whatever. Um, or if you could just buy it through the store and it's free, like, you know, cause some games actually like a lot of compile heart or idea factory games do that as well, where you can just go into the PSN network. Uh, and, and some of the stuff that they give out are, are, it, it literally says free. So, um, I don't mind that kind of stuff, but yeah, if they're putting things on disc that you then have to purchase that are already there, that's a little troublesome. I get DLC that's not on disc that already, you know, that they created after the game release that they sell to you. That makes sense. Stuff that's on the disc, though, should either be free or allow you to earn it through other means instead of having to pay real money for it. So also, um, there's a lot of reading involved in this game. Do you not like to read? I do, but for a game as massive as this, they could have just I mean, every character has has their own model. I mean, mainly because they're using create a character suite that they can just make whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Um, They could have acted out some of these cutscenes instead of reading the whole story, which is fine. Uh, But if I'm reading it, you know, I'm not as invested as if, if I'm watching it. Okay. I don't mind the reading, but I guess that's just because of the games I'm used to playing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm playing a fighting game. I want, I, I, all I want is actually, I don't want to stop and have an emotional story, although there is a pretty good story going on. No, it's uh, actually, like, it, from what I've seen, it's actually a decent story. Yeah. From what I've, from what I've experienced so far, it's actually seems like it's going to be a really good story that there I'm actually, that was, I'm, a, there actually yeah. was a heartbreaking moment in there that actually touched a brother's heart. Nice. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so there's 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 love in this cold dark abyss. Is there? Small, small little bit, just a little, just, little, little fragment. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm actually I'm I'm looking forward to to investing more time with Soul Calibur Six. So just 
it's finding the time to do that right now is just so difficult now. And I mean, I want to spend time with it, but at the same time, there's a couple other games that are out already and one that I just got that I want to spend more time with other than that. And then, you know, we're, we're getting close to, we're getting closer to Fallout 76 and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu oh, Eevee yeah. and Smash Brothers is coming soon. Like, it's just, it's, it's that time where. I mean, Red Dead's out. Uh, Red, yeah, that's what I mean. That's one of the ones I was talking about that is already out and a couple more coming soon. Like I mentioned with Fallout and, and Pokemon Let's Go. Um, I like fighting games. I love Soul Calibur. It's one of my favorite, as, as we talk about a lot, it's one of my favorite fighting game franchises up there with Mortal Kombat. Um, I just would rather play these other games over a fighting game. So I'm going to try to put as much time as I can over the next week or so into it. But after that, Soul Calibur might be shelved for a little while until I finish some of these other bigger games. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think at the very least, take yourself through the story. Maybe play yeah. a few characters you like. I'll definitely finish the story mode and then take a few other characters through. Like, because the story mode isn't too terribly long. I just no. haven't I just haven't sat down with, you know, with enough time to really want to invest the entire time into the story yet. So. But I will soon. Um, the other campaign game that I want to talk about this week is one that I kind of wanted. I've been wanted to talk about now for like the past two weeks. I just haven't had a chance to yet. That's the world ends with you final remix. And the reason I haven't had a chance to yet is because I literally haven't had a chance to sit down and play the game. So I finally sat down and played the game. This past week, I'm about I want to say seven or so hours in probably seven or eight hours into the game. So. I'm not too terribly far, but at the same time, I've, I've made a decent amount of, of progress into the game where I can safely compare the two versions because I did play this on the Nintendo DS, you know, a decade ago when it originally released. I never I've never played the mobile version after it released on iOS and Android. I played the DS version and then I obviously when it was announced for the switch, I immediately bought it, but uh, I bought it day one. I just, you know, just shipped from Amazon. Um, but the one thing I first want to talk about is a negative that instantly put me off from the game. And okay. that is the fact that you can't use the pro controller. You also uh, cannot use the joy cons on the thing that it comes with to make a controller. You only are using the right joy con. You don't even use the left one. So it's one handed controls reminds me very much of the Wii, which I freaking hated on the player two control. No, no, the, the, the right one. So yeah, I, I know that's that. Wow. Well, cause you turn it on and it's the player one. So you're not oh, even turning, you're not, guess, you're not even turning on the left one. You're only turning on the right Joy-Con. Um, so you turn it on and it has you calibrate to your screen. So you point it at the middle, you press Y, it calibrates to the screen. And then from there, everything is point and click. Which on the DS, it was touchscreen control. So yeah. I get it. I get why they did that, that style. Because and it, that, like those are the only two systems you can use on the switch as well. Control systems. You can either point and click with your Joy-Con or if you're playing handheld mode, it's just like the DS where you're touching. So th those are your two control systems with the world ends with you final remix. And that was a little disappointing to me. Uh, I apparently they had announced uh, two weeks before the game came out that there was no pro controller support. And I just happened to miss that news. So when I when I first fired it up this past week, it was a little disappointing to me. Um, but I but I've obviously I've gotten used to it because it's not it's not exactly what well, it is actually it's exactly like the Wiimote because it literally is pointing to stuff on screen and clicking a button but it, it, it's not bothering me as much as I would have initially anticipated now I will say I prefer the touchscreen controls so this may be a game that I actually finish and play more handheld than I do on the TV just because uh, I don't know it's just it's what I'm used to with this game 
and uh, I just don't like motion controls. But the game is still a lot of fun. Um, and it's the music is fantastic. They didn't make too many changes in terms of like story elements, which I'm glad because uh, what they had with the world ends with you is one of the better games that Square Enix had released at that time in like the last 10 years. So it, it's it's a fantastic freaking game. I'm I'm really happy to be playing it. I'm just really put off with uh, with the control system. And after looking through a lot of impressions and stuff, a lot of people were were severely disappointed with uh, with the way that it handles. That would piss me off. But could you imagine them like porting like yeah. uh, spirit tracks and you having to play it that way? Exactly. Exactly. Um, another thing that actually is drastically different, though. So, like I said, they didn't really change the plot too much, which is good. They don't usually change the stories too much when they do this kind of stuff. But they had to change the combat a lot because combat revolved around two screens on the DS. Here you only have one. You're either using the one on the switch or your or your TV. So the way combat works and and you're battling things called noise. So what the world ends with you is, is it's kind of think. A form of Hunger Games, so okay. you, you have the Reapers and they've trapped these players in in the world of Shibuya and you have seven days to complete the game and each day you have certain tasks that you must complete. And when you get a task, you because you have like a, a symbol on your hand that, that designates you as a player. And when you get a task, the symbol changes into a countdown and you have 60 minutes to complete this this task. Not in not real time, 60 minutes like I don't. Yeah, which I don't think you can actually fail it. And if you can, and it's ridiculously hard to do, but you have a countdown on your on your hand that counts down from the 60s. So that way, like when you get into a cutscene, the characters look at their hands like, oh, my God, we only have 20 minutes left. We got to hurry kind of a thing. So uh, they're trapped. And if you the the rule is, if you don't complete your task within that 60 minutes, you're erased, which means you're gone. You're you're basically dead. They, They delete you out of the world. So um, the the whole point of the game is to overcome the Reapers, win this game and and not be erased. And you have these enemies called noise that are attacking you, whether they're frogs or these weird looking beast type creatures. And they just randomly like you scan. So the player pin on your hand allows you to scan the environment and you can hear people's thoughts when you scan and see what they're thinking. And they kind of gives you clues on like how to solve certain puzzles or how to advance in the game. But at the same time, scanning allows you to find the noise in the world to defeat the enemies to advance into different areas that you're initially blocked off from. So you go into an area and there's walls that you can't cross until you defeat all the noise. So you do that. You do battles and. It's still it's it's motion controls. I've only played on TV so far. I tried a little bit of the touch controls, but I spent most of my time on the TV controls. So you're pointing the Joy-Con at the TV and you hold down one of the buttons. It's a and you just like start drawing a line and that starts casting your spells. So you have like fire spells, ice spells, any type. You have different pins that you can equip onto your character that allows them to do different types of abilities. I can see you Harry Pottering yourself towards the TV. <laughs> it really it, it does feel like that, too, man. It really does feel like that. So you're drawing these lines and they're invisible lines, you know, like they're actually the lines aren't being shown on the screen, but like you can see the pointer and you're pointing the the actual controls at the noise. And like you could see they're being attacked by fire. And then if you tap on the noise by just pushing the buttons instead of holding it down and drawing lines, your uh, your partner character will come out and start attacking as well. So the idea is that you want to chain your attacks together to get your your chains like your chain percentage higher. You do more damage, you get more points. So so that's the whole the way the combat system works. So you're kind of alternating between holding the button down and, and shaking the Joy-Con around like a madman 
and uh, tapping on the noise so that your partner will also attack. Uh, it's not my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite uh, type of control system. Um, but I'm willing to look past it because of the fact that I love the story in this game and it's a fantastic game. But I think I do prefer just the touchscreen controls just because, you know, it's what I'm, it's what I'm used to. But I haven't played enough of the game really to, you know, to give a definitive idea or analysis or even like a, a definitive review on it yet. I'm, I'm going to put one up eventually, but I just haven't played enough to where I can say, yeah, this game is not as good as the DS version or yeah, this game is better. So so right now I'm leaning towards the fact that it's probably not as good, but still good. Like this is still a great game. Very on on the on the higher end of the review scale for sure when it when it comes down to it but it's just the the fumbling of the controls is really uh really just what what puts me off and and really I don't know it it's going to be one of the main things that a lot of people are going to remember about this is the is the controls because this really would have worked well with a pro controller and I could see how they could have implemented it like they it, it would have felt like a different game and I not, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because it would have felt like a new experience with the same story so I don't know, like whenever a game comes out and they have completely different control systems, it feels like a new experience to me. And I know a lot of other people feel the same way. So I, I think they missed the boat by not completely redesigning the control system, because like I said, I can see how they could have implemented it with a regular controller and it would have been fairly easy to do, but it would have required them to rework the combat even more and how you navigate yeah. around the world. So because when you're walking through like Shibuya, you literally are just you can either use the analog stick to move around, which is what I've been doing, or you can hold the button down and just move your the cursor and the character will follow it much, much, much like how spirit tracks works and that kind of stuff. OK, so, you know, it, it, it's it's similar to that. So you heard it here first, folks. Hard pass. No, not a hard pass at I'm all. Kidding, I'm Good kidding, game. Kidding, great, great game, actually, with a with a just a with a stupid control system. <laughs> but. Tasty treats time. Did you play anything else this week? Of course I did, Brian. Well, you do. And you normally don't. So I always do. No, um, the heist came out for Spider-Man. Ah, so you had a chance to play the DLC. I, I, I asked you earlier if you yeah. played. Uh, I, I did. Um, okay. Well, no, feel free to spoil it. Oh, don't. Well, actually. No, 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 I'm not going to spoil it. I was going to say careful with story spoilers, but you feel free to talk about the DLC. Yes. Uh, I crafted my words here just carefully. So yeah. um, it's not so much of a spoiler. Did you know that the heist is going to be involving Black Cat? That's the picture on the DLC. So boom, right. you got that there. Right, right. Uh, so it's, a, it's also a story that's involving her, the crime families. This game, this, it actually takes uh, place post-game. So Oh, cool. Uh, I was kind of hoping that it would. Like, I was hoping that uh, that the DLC that comes out for Spider-Man would all take place post-game. I was hoping that it wouldn't be a mixture of the two. There's there's a lot more there's new factions that are that they're free to to uh, take care of crimes for there's actual story missions, um, there's more collectible things it's pretty much the same it's the I'm not saying it's reinventing the game okay it, but it's definitely adding more onto it okay um I haven't beaten it yet okay but I've heard that this will end on a cliffhanger that will lead into the next DLC, which I'm also excited because I think that's a cool way to, because they're telling us this going to be one a month. It's going to be, you know, one for October, one November, one December. Right. There's three of them. So that's true. Yeah. Um, new suits, which I haven't even messed around. There's three new suits, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Uh, but it's nice to jump back into the game. It really is. Right. Uh, I, I, I've been missing playing some Spider-Man because I'm, I'm already maxed out level. Mm, yeah, me too. 
you know, there's, there's there's really nothing else. I got the platinum on this game, so there's nothing else left for me to do. And now that uh, right. the DLC is here, I'm having fun again. Uh, there's actually the, the the scene from the I don't know if you've seen the commercial for the DLC of Spider Man just chilling eating pizza. That's mm-hmm. I did. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you though, and and careful how you answer this, Black Cat, potential romance options or no? I am not going to answer that, Brian. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I want I want to know because I mean I do and I don't, but uh, uh, that, that, that's part of the actual storyline. Because if, the, because, for, 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 for the if, because if it takes place post game, that could create some complications. So I'm curious how they would kind of work around that. So uh, the the DLC actual description tells you that uh, a, a triangle will arise. So oh, there you go. interesting. Okay, I was kind of curious how they would because I mean even when playing the game, like if you actually chose to follow like her path and find the, find the statues and stuff, you could get a sense of like, you know, something was going to happen in the future between those two again. So I was curious if they were going to explore that route. I, ha- I haven't played as black cat. I don't even know if that's an option yet, to be honest too. So, um, I don't know. Cause you're able to play as MJ. You're able to play as miles. miles or something yeah. Uh, I don't know if black cat's an option. I hope so. That would be cool. Like if there was like a, like a mission where you had to steal something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not yeah. with that. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I don't know that there is, though, but I think that would be cool. But yeah, uh, I'm going to be putting some time into that this week. Uh, also, put some time into Red Dead, uh, which we'll yeah. talk about next week. Yeah, we'll be talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 a lot next week because that's going to be the main game I play this week. Probably by this point next week, I'll probably have sunk about 30 hours into it if, if all goes according to plan. Yes. But uh, the only other game I've played this week is the same game I've been talking about the last two weeks. I am still heavily invested in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I, I have been just constantly I, that is the main game. Like anytime I want to sit down and play a game, my mind can't get off of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is I've not a bad. I've heard nothing yeah, I've heard nothing good things about it, which is the first time in a very long time that an Assassin's Creed game has really hooked me this much and like really just took over my my, my gaming time like this is the only game I'm thinking about and I really wanted to finish it before Red Dead Redemption 2 came out and I didn't which really pisses me off uh, I'm probably I'm closing in on about 40 hours of the game and I'm level 34 now at level 34 I still have about eight land masses eight or nine land masses or city states or you know, sections of the country, whatever you want to call them, but like different portions, you know, like you have Attica, which is where Athens is at. You have, um, what is it? Megaris, which is where Sparta is at. There's Aeos, which is one of the islands. There's a, it's just, there's like 25, 30 different areas that you can go to. And each area is like a zone. Like if you, if you, if you play MMOs and you think like World of Warcraft or, you know, Final Fantasy 14 and how they how stuff is broken off into like different areas and that kind of stuff. Each area in Assassin's Creed Odyssey is its own zone with different quests, their unique storylines, different NPCs and characters to interact with like Socrates or Hippocrates or, you know, the, all these very historical characters are in there. And it's super cool because they're in the respective areas that they would have been in ancient Greece. And I, I, I don't cool. know, man. That's this, cool. The, yeah. Like this whole this whatever they did with Odyssey needs to be what they continue to do moving forward with Assassin's Creed, because this game is fantastic. This game is absolutely fantastic. On top of that, uh, I'm going to mention, I'm going to advertise here. No sponsor. No, no, uh, no. Feel free. Cause I haven't had a chance to use the code you so, sent me yet. So, so Tito's pizza rolls uh-huh. are giving you exclusive DLC for this game. Yeah. Uh, even more exclusive. If you buy your, t- your pizza rolls from Walmart, which right. I did. 
Okay. Um, so you're supposed to be getting a exclusive weapon. Okay. Uh, I think the Ram Axe. Um, for for me buying the 120 pack because I love me some pizza rolls. Uh, <laughs> sure. But yeah, yeah, like uh, all, all these codes, and you can find them online. People are posting codes. You know, the codes, yeah. the codes are pretty universal. Yeah. Uh, you can get XP boosts and different kinds of swords and bows, but uh, I it was pretty cool that you know, like Dr. Pepper did this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Bull did it with Street Fighter. Mountain, just Mountain giving, Dew does it a lot with Halo. Yeah, they're just giving you free stuff for the game, uh, XP yeah. boosts and yeah. So yeah, so I, I was I was hoping that you would get like an entire pizza rolls costume, but that's not. My like, God, that, can you imagine? They're, they're they're actually keeping it historic, which is <laughs> smart. Yeah, no, and and I appreciate it because you sent me the code that you got off of your off of your bag of pizza rolls. Uh, I actually went to do that before we started recording, but I realized I had to log into my Ubisoft account. I don't remember the login, yeah. so I I I sent in for my my email and password, obviously to to be sent to me. So oh, I know the email. I just don't remember the password, but um, I you hopefully have get, you have to get in there, remember, because there's free DLC. No, I know. I'm definitely going to. I just need to I need to link the account. So, yeah. And I, I wasn't able to do that in enough time to let everyone know what I actually got from it. So, uh, but yeah, that's all I've been playing. So we'll kick it to the weekly scoop news report. And this week we have nine items to talk about on the docket and we're going to kick things off with. The same thing we always do. A little bit of game announcements. We have four game announcements to talk about this week. You, you're so you're, you're so freaked out because you can actually hear the noises now. Yeah, it's crazy, it, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, we're going to kick things off with a spooky game because we're in spooky week. It's Halloween week. Halloween is Wednesday, obviously. And thank God, because that means the haunted season is almost over and I can fully start to recover and recuperate from being ill over the past two weeks. But uh, yeah, because we officially close this coming up Saturday, November 3rd. That's our last day. Gun Media and Bloober Team have announced Layers of Fear 2. The sequel was previously teased as Project Melius. Gun Media released the teaser videos for the project in March and August of this year. Further details were not yet announced. So, as we know, the first Layers of Fear was available for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, Mac, and Linux systems. So it's safe to say that it will eventually arrive to all of those platforms as well. This is a good thing. Layers of Fear is one of the oftentimes considered one of the scarier games ever made. Oh, it's, I'm buying this. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the game is narrated by Tony Todd. That's a uh, Candyman. Uh, it's been it's been uh, the month of horror. So I've been I've been reading a lot of stuff on uh, the horror Reddit. Dread it. Oh, Dread it. Is that what it's called? That's funny. Nah, funny yeah. So, nice. uh, yeah. So that's one of the things they said. This is his new project. I was like, oh, cool. He's going to be in a horror game. He's, he's the narrator, but still. Yeah, no, that's so neat. Yeah. OK. Second game, publisher Modus Games and developer Frozenbite have announced Trine 4, The Nightmare Prince, for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC, set to launch in 2019. Trine 4 is going to be the best in the series, said Frozenbite CEO Lori Hervoranen, I'm assuming is how you would maybe mm-hmm. pronounce that last name, in a press release. We have rekindled our love for the franchise, heard and seen the fan feedback, and our hearts are set on exceeding those expectations. Trine is back. Modus Game CEO Christina Seal added, we are absolutely thrilled to embark on this journey with Frozenbite. There's no doubt Trine 4 will be the game players have been asking for. Further information was not announced. I am extremely excited for this. Weren't they asking for Trine 3 to be finished first? Trine 3 is done. I've already played it and finished it and beat it. Okay. Yeah, Trine 1, 2, and 3 are fantastic games. I absolutely love these games. They can be played cooperatively. So Jessica and I have played all these games like together. So so these are beautiful games with just gorgeous art styles. Um, these these games are extremely, extremely fun to play. So 
And this is what, just just generic 2019? Yeah, just a generic 2019 for now. Yep, just a generic 2019 for now. Uh, those that are asking for Trine 3 to be finished, by the way, it's because it had some issues, but it is a full game and I did finish it and complete it. So if you want uh, to get jokes in there, you know, people, people are just uh, complainers. You know how it is. <laughs> but yeah, no, super excited for Trine 4. Ushiro, level five's spirit horror RPG first announced for PlayStation Portable back in 2008, but never officially canceled, is now a Nintendo Switch title. Level 5 president and CEO Akihiro Hino confirmed in the latest issue of Weekly Famitsu. Smart. And this is actually cool because they never canceled the game. And this is the tease I talked about last week when I said, you know, Level 5 was going to bring back a title. I was hoping maybe they meant they were going to announce a new title. But this is actually the one that I would have preferred. Either this or True Fantasy Live Online because I said maybe Microsoft will try to get that to come back for like an Xbox Scarlet title or something. But this one here is fantastic because it's, it's such a, I, I keep saying it, it's, it's just so smart. I mean, yeah. if if PSP is going the way of the dinosaur. Well, and Vita just, and Vita, because this well. was original PSP, not even Vita. Wow. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. This was uh, original PSP. I mean, the switch is the perfect spot to put it. You know, it's, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, But if you look at like the the art style and stuff, it's very much. Like it has that Persona 3, PS2, Persona 4 feel to it. And that's just I mean, it's such a great art style. Uh, and it seems cool because it's a spirit horror RPG. I want to actually know what that means. And I want to play this game. So I do hope that, you know, it doesn't it's not another 10 years before we hear. Oh, I just knocked over this cup. But I hope it's not another. Yeah, it's, I hope it's not another 10 years before we actually hear about the game again, you know, I, I do hope that now that they're going to start actively working on this and release it for the switch, because that's what I want. Um, but we'll see. We'll have to wait and see what that means. Our last game announcement before we move on. Atelier La Lua, the scion of Ireland, will be released for PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam in North America and Europe in spring 2019. This game was just recently announced for Japan the same week, but they've already confirmed it for the West as well. That's why I chose to do the, the localization announcement instead of the actual game announcement. Unbelievable. What? I tell you, let me name your games for you because they're getting too long. No, these are good games. These are good names. And I actually did see I saw motion of this already and the game looks fantastic. So really looking forward to this one. Uh, Atelier Rurona, the Alchemist of Arlen, marked the beginning of the Arlen series, and now following the events of T Atelier Tatori, the adventurer of Arlen, and Atelier Mararu, the apprentice of Arlen, comes an all-new story. The latest title is set in a world preceding the story of Atelier Marura. The title—I <laughs> I don't know if that's actually pronounced that. That's just what I say. The title, yeah. <laughs> the title depicts how characters and local uh, locations have changed over time. Set in a world both nostalgic and new, the curtain lifts on another adventure for the alchemists. Gorgeous looking game, though. It just all remains to be seen because I try playing every single one of these and I haven't found one yet that has actually hooked me long enough to make me care. So I always enjoy getting in there, checking out these games and seeing like if it's something I want to play. But there hasn't been a, an Atelier game that's actually, you know, convinced me to finish it. So I'm hoping this might be the first one. Either that or the uh, the one that comes out. Um, uh, the uh, what is it? Atelier Nelky. Or whatever that one is called. It's, coming. So, it's not so, a, it's, so, so, the one, the one uh, Due and Suel or no, 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 no. It's it's not an official Atelier game. It's like the amalgamation of all yeah, together. Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist is, is, is the name of it. I had to look into it. It comes out. Let me na let me name these games for no, no, four. No. I'll I won't no. call the Atelier games. No, it'll be uh, it'll, it'll be the Alchemy Girls. No, we're not. We're not going with we're not going that route. Uh, 
But I, but I am curious. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, skipping over sales and revenue, we're going to jump to teases and leaks. We have one to talk about, and this is a big one. Uh, now, what I'm about to say, take everything here with a grain of salt. Because we don't know if this is actually true or not, as always, it's I-10 teases and leaks. Uh, there are certain things that point to this potentially being real. There are certain things that point to this being an elaborate hoax. We'll have to see. But apparently, the entire roster for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate may have leaked via images shared over on 4chan. The images, which appear to be of box art and or promotional artwork printed for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, were allegedly first posted on a Snapchat profile before being removed. On the main artwork, several previously unannounced characters appear, including Shadow the Hedgehog from Sonic the Hedgehog, Banjo-Kazooie from Banjo-Kazooie, Isaac from Golden Sun, Ken from Street Fighter, Mock Rider from Mock Rider, Gino from Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, and Chorus Kids from Rhythm Heaven. There is also previously unseen artwork of an empty battlefield. Users were able to decode a blacked out name on the images, which led to the LinkedIn profile of an account manager at French printing company Les Ateliers Marina, whose clients include Bandai Namco, which is the developer of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Additionally, a 4chan post on September 28th claiming to be a leak mentioned these exact characters, while also mentioning several others that are not on this list, but they also said that Shadow and Ken would be Echo Fighters, which they're on this list. The characters that were announced in this 4chan post that were not included on the leaked list are Ray01 from Custom Robo, Monster Hunter from Monster Hunter, and Dixie Kong from Donkey Kong. And they also mentioned that Taboo from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, Necrozma from Pokemon, Crazy Hand from Super Smash Bros. Melee, and Master Hand from the original Smash Bros. would all be boss characters. So, it should also be noted that Koro Koro previously reported Super Smash Bros. Ultimate would have 108 total stages. Only 103 stages have been revealed to date. If Shadow and Ken are Echo Fighters, that would mean that five of the new fighters are entirely new, which lines up with the number of stages left to be revealed and the number of leaked characters that appear in the promotional artwork. So, that being said, what is the likelihood of this being true? I like it. I really do like it. Um, right. Honestly, I'm with I'm with every character on that list except for maybe chorus kids, but I know that's pretty popular in Japan. Right. Um, so right. I can see that being a, being a deal. Right. But but we're we're missing a big name here, and it's really breaking your brother's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Our Lord and Savior Waluigi. Ah! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here in the Church of Wa. Uh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean he would not never be introduced as like a DLC character, though, because I guarantee you they're going to put out DLC characters for the game. They always do. They will. They will. I mean, but yeah, Banjo-Kazooie did. Yeah. Which was one of the, like the, the fan voted one that everybody wanted. So I no, no, because you know who the number one uh, most requested character is John Cena. This game? John Cena. No, 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 honestly. I don't know. It's, Go- it's Goku. Oh, uh, well, that, that'll never happen. No, no, no. Don't say never going to happen because... Who's developing this game, Ryan? Well, I know it's Bandai Namco, but I don't think that I don't think that Nintendo is willing to pay the licensing fees to Dragon Ball to get Goku in the game. I think that this is going to happen. I think we're going to see Goku in this game. You think so? Like as a DLC type character? Mm-hmm. So if they released four DLC characters, which is I think what they did for um, 
the most recent one on the Wii U, didn't they? I think it was four. Um, was it four? I think so. If they released four, are, are we M- thinking M- M- Mewtwo, Bayonetta, Cloud, Mew, Cloud? Was there five? Four. Was it? Four. I think it was four. I think it was four. So if that's the case, are we thinking that Waluigi, Goku, and who are the other two? Could have to be someone big. Well, looking back, at, looking back at our list that we put out, uh, Ice Climbers are confirmed. Ridley is confirmed. Shovel Knight yeah. is an assist character. King K. Rool is confirmed. Gino is potentially confirmed. The only ones that we said that were not confirmed, Waluigi, Crash Bandicoot, John Cena, Dr. Wily, and Toon Ganondorf. Um, if Gino really does make the game, I could see a push for Mallow. Potentially, maybe maybe that would be one of the DLC characters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and yeah, I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with either Dr. Wily or Zero. Who, I, th- who I think it's just, I honestly think it should be Crash to be to be perfectly frank. I don't know if that's going to happen. I I'd love for it. Right. I, you know what? Let's just say Crash, because if I'm, if I'm going Goku, let's say Crash. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I was going to say. But yeah, no, I, I think I think Crash just makes more sense. So I don't know. Hell, hell, I would love John Cena to be in this game. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of my off the wall picks just to be funny. So or, or the big dog Roman Reigns. Get well soon. Get well soon to uh, to Roman Reigns. Uh, hopefully he is able to defeat leukemia. He will. Sure. I hope so. I really do hope so. But yeah, likelihood of this happening, I would say 60 percent. I think it's more than half because it does. It, it, it seems legit, but certain things just seem off about it. So I, I think that uh, if we're really, really being serious, a 60% chance of this being real. Um, We are getting two directs in November, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't think it's been announced yet. I thought that was mentioned. I didn't see that. We're going to hear about this. So we're we're going to get more characters soon. I'm going to no, see the video. I, I I'm, guarantee, I'm, I guarantee there, there will be at least one more direct before Smash Brothers, whether that is a full Nintendo direct or just a direct focused on Smash Brothers only. I don't know. But uh, there, there is a very good chance, if probably a 90 percent chance that we get one more direct, at least for Smash Brothers before the game comes out, because they will probably if if these characters are legit, they're going to want to announce, um, you know, they're going to get them out before the game comes out. So. Uh, we'll have to see, but I, I just can't see them announcing five new characters in one direct. That would be a lot. I don't know. I'm really hoping it's not one character and four of these are planned as DLC. I'm really hoping that's not the case. Let's hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. We're gonna kick it over to Frank's favorite thing. It's time for a delay, and this is this, actually this one pisses me off. Well, it shouldn't. It's not an official delay because it was never had an official release date. It was always just say, it, yeah, that's not official release date. That's just a time frame. It has an official release date now. It was just saying they were just saying winter 2018, winter 2018. That's not an official release date, but I am putting it in the delays because it's no longer going to hit that winter 2018 release date. Sega has delayed Team Sonic Racing from its previously announced winter release to May 21st, 2019. Quote, to make uh, to make Team Sonic Racing the best game it can be, we're giving the team extra time to work on it. Our new release date is May 21st, 2019. We know delays are no fun, but quality matters most. Thanks for your patience. We've got more to show you for Team Sonic Racing very soon. Uh, this makes total sense to me. I feel like we haven't seen enough of the game for it to be coming out in the, in the winter. So uh, we, we barely knew what characters were in this game. We haven't seen really anything on it. So I'm hoping, I was hoping that to get, I was hoping my sister were giving this for Christmas, to be quite honest. Really? No. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime the, the last ones you got me, uh, the last uh, Team Sonic Racing. Uh-huh. 
uh, for, for Wii U. She got for Christmas. Uh, n- normally, Sonic is her go-to for me. Nice. Well, it's a good go-to for you. But uh, I think May 21st is a good time to put this game out because it's right in the middle of spring where not too many other big things are hitting. Nicole, if you're listening, that's three weeks before my birthday. So. <laughs> Remember, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out around the same time on the on the Wii on the Switch and did really, really well. So I, I think this is a good time frame to put Team Sonic Racing. So, yeah, the delay sucks. It would have been nice to have this sooner. But at the same time, it's going to be a good game. I'm sure these Sonic Racing games are always pretty fun. They are. Yeah, they're they're usually fun games. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Let's go to some random news, though. A couple more things to talk about here. I want to kick things off with Xbox Game Pass because I saw a report that they are planning to bring this to PC, but there's no time frame on when they're going to bring it to PC. Smart idea. Yeah. So this this is from GameSpot.com, the article here. Uh, Microsoft has plans to expand the Game Pass subscription service from Xbox One to PC. CEO Satya Nadella reported reportedly mentioned during an earnings call that bringing Game Pass to PC will help increase the strength of the Xbox brand, which I do agree with entirely. Ars Technica reports that Nadella didn't give any indication of when to expect the subscription to expand or if it would be included with the within the same all you can eat price as the Xbox version. It would make some sense for the service to be all encompassing, given that its current play anywhere initiative has made PC and Xbox versions of games available across both platforms, regardless of where you bought it. On the Xbox One, though, Game Pass has an isolated marketplace for such a service, competing only somewhat with the more niche EA access. A PC subscription service would face competition from other similarly monthly services at various price tiers. An Xbox One Game Pass subscription currently costs $10 a month. Expanding that pass to include PC games could come through an optional extra fee without paying for an entirely separate subscription. So I'm really looking forward to this expanding because if that's the case, man... They really are making it a PC, just a form of Xbox, which I think is a smart move for Microsoft because a lot of people, yeah, they like having the convenience like of an Xbox console hooked up to their TV. You know, they they don't have to worry about upgrading the graphics card or adding more RAM. They know if they buy a disc or download a game on the marketplace, it's going to work on that Xbox platform. Whereas, you know, on PC, like some games work better depending on which GPUs you have or you constantly have to keep upgrading your PC, which I do prefer because I like my games to run at the tip top shape that they can. I want the best of the best. So I'm always trying to upgrade my PC and try to make things run as best as I can. So for people like myself that like doing that, they still have Xbox Game Pass. They still have access to the Xbox platform and everything that is included with Xbox One or Xbox Scarlet, as we're going to be finding more out about next year, maybe this year as well. We'll have to wait and see. But I think this is a smart move if they do that. So I I think this is a brilliant move. One step closer to unifying Xbox and PCs together and just making the entire communities all encompassing. So I think that would be brilliant of them to do that. And it would be cool because a lot of these games are added to Xbox Game Pass day and date on release date, especially first party titles. So, you know, you're paying a service fee per month, but you're getting access to the newest games. And that's just it's such a good deal, man. It really is one of the best of the best. EA Access thought it was so good they had to copy it. So they're adding games to theirs on day and date as well now. So I think that's, you know, just kind of shows how how Microsoft kind of hit the nail on the head with the service. And you really want to make it even better. Make sure that the game saves can sync across Xbox Both. and PC. Yeah, which would and be you're set. Exactly. Because then you can just jump in wherever. Now, the Xbox Play Anywhere titles already do that, yeah. but other titles do not. So if they did it to everything, you're you're 100 percent set. So 
Uh, our next bit of news, Resident Evil, Resident Evil 0, and Resident Evil 4 are coming to Nintendo Switch in 2019, Capcom recently announced. All three games are currently available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, as well as other platforms. More information will be announced at a later date. Smart move. Uh, putting these games on the Switch. Um, I, I, I do think the entire Resident Evil catalog will be on the Switch before long. I mean, I think every game is going to be ported there eventually, just because why not? I mean, it makes the most sense. So... I mean, the, the Switch is just, it, it's its such a good system to put your game on that it's a no-brainer not to do it. So, Everything's going to be on the Switch eventually. I, it would be smart of them to do so. It really would. Uh, our last bit of random news, Best Buy will stock select limited run games published titles. Let me say that again. Limited run games published titles, including the Nintendo Switch version of Ukulele and Golf Story, the company recently announced. The retailer also ordered another upcoming game that HSA yet to be announced that what? Oh, OK. I see now. Typo. The retailer has ordered another upcoming game that has yet to be announced by Limited Run Games, which the publisher says is not a past title or something currently available from us, which is interesting. So that means that Limited Run Games has a game that is currently announced that they're working on. So I want to want to find out what that is. Um, Limited Run Games went on to clarify that Best Buy will not be carrying Broken Age, Layers of Fear or any of its past or current PS4 and PS Vita titles. So this partnership is li strictly limited to Nintendo Switch versions of Ukulele and Golf Story as of right now. So that's pretty interesting. That's actually kind of cool. It's cool, man. I got some limited run gear, too, because I'm assuming they'll probably have shirts and stuff. Yeah, it's like as like a special type thing because they probably will. You're right. They probably will. Uh, we had one game confirmed as a release date this week, and I know it's one that you currently want to get. Uh, Jump Force will be launching on February 15th, 2019. Uh, and that is unfortunately the same day as Dead or Alive 6. So two, two massive fighting games coming out on the same day, February 15th, 2019. But as always, that's quite a bit of ways away. That's what, four months away still? Over four months away still. Let's talk about what's releasing this week. Because you know what that sound means. It's time for the new releases for the week of October 29th. We're skipping over today, Monday, October 29th. Moving on to tomorrow, Tuesday, October 30th. We have three games coming out. The first one to PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It's Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu, the official video game inspired by Chaosism's classic pen and paper RPG, brings you deep into a world of creeping madness shrouded old gods within Lovecraft's iconic universe. 1924. Private investigator Pierce is sent to look into the tragic death of the Hawkins family on the isolated Darkwater Island. Soon enough, Pierce is pulled into a terrifying world of conspiracies, cultists, and cosmic horrors. Nothing is as it seems. Sanity is an irregular bedfellow, all too often replaced by whisperings in the dark. Strange creatures, weird science, and sinister cults dominate the Cthulhu mythos, intent on realizing their mad schemes to bring about the end of everything. Your mind will suffer between sanity and psychosis. Your senses will be disrupted until you question reality, question the reality of everything around you. Trust no one. Slinking shadows hide lurking figures. And all the while, the great dreamer prepares for his awakening. Now, I have been playing this game. I can't give any thoughts on it yet, but I think you're going to like it. I think you should play this game. This, okay. is, this is a total Frank game. I will get your impressions off the air since, since, since the embargo does not extend to our conversation. Well, it does. <laughs> it, it does for now. Son of a gun. <laughs> the next game coming out Tuesday, October 30th, coming to Nintendo Switch, Gal Metal. Another game I've been playing. 
take down alien invaders with the power of metal. One night while on his way home from school, a high school boy is abducted by the Octoids, an extraterrestrial species bent on revenge. The boy's soul is transplanted into a high school girl's body in a sinister experiment. Now sharing a body, the duo must work together with her high school band, KMG, which stands for Kichijoji, I think? Kichijoji Metal Girls, to defeat the aliens with their greatest weakness, metal. Uh, yes, this is also a total Frank game, but I, but it's it's a crazy game. But you love metal. You would like this game. I, I, I enjoy the metal. Yeah, you you would like this game. It's 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 a it's a fun little game. Uh, the last game coming tomorrow, Tuesday, October thirtieth, to Nintendo Switch and Xbox One: The Lego Harry Potter Collection. The Lego Harry Potter Collection brings Lego Harry Potter years one through four and Lego Harry Potter years five through seven remastered. That doesn't make any sense. That's a weird sentence. This compilation unites the creative prowess of Lego and the expansive world of Harry Potter with an exciting journey full of spellcasting, potion making, puzzle solving, lessons, dueling, and much more for players of all ages to enjoy. Now, you've played all these games. Do you enjoy them? They're okay. They're, they're, they're fun for a playthrough, but I don't find the replayability on these things. I think Jessica had or still has them on the Wii. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, good, You're good a wizard, Brian. Good games to, yeah, we should just be play The World Ends With You. Uh, good games to play once through, but probably not worth it for a replay, as you mentioned. So if you've never played them, they're probably worth picking up. So we'll move on to Halloween, Wednesday, October 31st. We have one game a coming game out. coming out on Halloween? Why not? One game coming to Nintendo nice. Switch. A game that I've been playing. I already have it. It's a game called Deathmark. You have been marked. A strange rumor is spreading through the shadows of Tokyo's H city. A mysterious disfigurement like a grotesque birthmark has been appearing on the bodies of certain individuals. Anyone who receives the mark will rapidly die of unknown horrifying causes. Deprived of your memories, you arrive at a mansion rumored to protect the bearers of the mark. As the doors swing open, the countdown to death has already begun. That sounds amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a fun game. It's, it, it mixes kind of like exploration, puzzle solving, and visual novel elements. So it's 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 right up my alley. It's a fun I'd, game. I'd, I'd have to read if I played this. Absolutely. Son of a gun. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a bit of reading. Uh, skipping over Thursday, November 1st. We're already in November now. We're moving on to Friday, November 2nd. We have three more games coming out this week. The first one coming to Nintendo Switch, Diablo 3, The Eternal Collection. Ages ago, angels and demons birthed your world in a forbidden union. Now they've come to claim it. Stand tall among sanctuaries, meek and wicked to battle walking corpses, horrifying cultists, fallen seraphs, and the lords of hell. When the high heavens and the burning hells war, humanity must be its own salvation. This collection includes the Diablo 3 game, the Reaper of Souls expansion, and the Rise of the Necromancer pack. That includes seven classes, five acts, and seasons worth of demon smashing. Plus, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch version, discover pieces of Zelda's world and sanctuary. The Eternal Collection on Nintendo Switch includes the Kuko Companion Pet, a Triforce portrait frame, and an exclusive transmogrification set that will allow the that will let your heroes sport Ganondorf's iconic armor. You'll also receive unique cosmetic wings. Are you picking this up or no? I'm more likely getting this. Okay. If not, they have at least a week after. Okay. Like uh, I said, great deal. it's a great deal. I mean, no, uh, it's a fantastic deal for everything included. Plus, like I said, I've played them all, but I really, really, really want to play as Ganondorf. I've just started Rise of the Necromancers uh, on PC, so to play it all, I might as well just play the whole thing again on uh, 
on switch, on switch. Yeah. yeah no i mean that'd be smart so yeah i'm really really leaning towards picking this up as well so we'll have to see uh, the next game coming out on Friday, November 3rd, also to Nintendo Switch, Taiko no Tatsujin Drum and Fun. And I did find out these are digital only releases, I believe, both of these games. Now, are these going to have a peripheral or they are you just going to play like you're going to play? play like yeah, you're going to play with the Joy-Con on the PS4. I'm assuming you're just playing with the with the, the gyroscope in there or maybe the touchpad. I don't know. Um, but yeah, on the Switch, you're playing with the Joy-Cons. So Taiko no Tetsujin Drum and Fun is the Nintendo Switch version. Enjoy the cult classic arcade rhythm game from Japan in the comfort of your own home. Play to the beat using your own drum with a wide variety of new songs and challenge your friends to prove who has the best Taiko skills. Use motion controls to enjoy Taiko like never before. Unlock beloved characters to help you on your journey to become a legendary Taiko drummer. Utilize the interactive features of the Nintendo Switch to connect, share and play with family and friends. Now, connected to this game, also coming on um, Friday, November 2nd, to the PlayStation 4, is Taiko no Tatsujin Drum Session. Two different games. A lot of the same songs cross over, but there are certain individual characters that you can unlock in these games that are unique to each version, plus certain songs that are unique to each version as well. Uh, but the description is fairly similar. Enjoy the cult classic arcade rhythm game from Japan in the comfort of your own home. Play to the beat using your own drum with a wide variety of new songs and challenge your friends to prove who has the best taiko skills. Enjoy beloved characters on your journey to become a legendary taiko drummer. Enjoy a casual and competitive taiko arcade experience on the PlayStation 4 through standard rhythm mode and ranked versus play. Now, I wonder if the PS4 version is more button presses, you know what I mean? Because it sounds like it might be. I, I'm intrigued to see how they pull that one off. But the only other way I could see them doing it, which would be so cumbersome, is two PS4 controllers and just that would shooting. be stupid. That would or, be stupid. Or, or using the or, or making or forcing you to get the move controller. Right, and I don't think that's the case either. So it almost makes it to where people that like the the series would want to buy both for the motion controls of the Switch and the traditional controls of the PS4. I mean, I don't know. That that kind of makes me want both. I don't. I'll just wait and see. Um, pick of the week this week. What are you gonna go with? Do I go? What the hell? Yeah, Diablo. Okay, you're gonna go Diablo Three Eternal Collection on the Switch. Yeah. Okay. I I've played three of the games releasing this week. I'm gonna pick one of those three. I'm gonna go Deathmark as my pick of the week this week. Okay. Because I think that's the one I've been having the most fun with so far. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be my pick of the week this week. So for me, it's Deathmark coming on Halloween, October 31st, on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Frank's pick of the week is Diablo 3 Eternal Collection, also on Nintendo Switch. So both of our picks this week on Nintendo Switch. Interesting. So pretty cool. Can win the day, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo's still uh, knocking it out of the park in terms of getting new games and new releases. But I want to do something fun here. Over the next several weeks, I want to take a trip down memory lane. Why are you frowning? It's, it's, it's a sad thing. Well, yes and no. I want to take a trip down memory lane over the next several weeks. And our first part of this, it's, it's, this is going to encompass probably three or four weeks, maybe just three. But for part one of our trip down memory lane, I want to discuss the inevitable news of both Sears and Kmart going out of business and memories that we have of these two stores. So I'm sure you've seen the reports over the past several weeks. Sears uh, holding company filing for uh, was it chapter 11 bankruptcy that yeah. they filed for. So they're they're closing like 200 stores between both Sears and Kmart this year across the country. Uh, my childhood Sears store is closing down in that in that the, the one in Niles, Ohio, is one of the ones being shut down. Uh, the one more closer to me now is not being shut down. And, and crazy enough, the Kmart right down the street from me, which is almost always dead, was not on the list of being closed either. So that's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, so I kind of want to talk about Sears and Kmart. 
which didn't used to be under the same parent company, but they are now. Um, I want to talk about memories we have of these two games because both game or sorry, both stores were big box retailers at one point that I used to buy video games from. Now, oh. Sears no longer sells games and they haven't in quite some time. I think it's been over. Man, I want to say probably 15 years since they've sold video games because I can't remember the, the last game the I last bought there. System I bought, last game I bought from them on a system on, was Super from, Nintendo. So we're talking Sears still. I want to say the last thing I bought from them was in the Nintendo, 60, Nintendo 64 era. So it's been at least 15 years, if not closer to 20 years since I've known Sears to stock video games. And I, I want to say even when I was in high school, like, you know, 2003, 2004 era, I think I've even was walking through Sears and noticed that they didn't have games anymore. So it's probably been a good at least 15 years since they've carried games. And that's a sad thing to me because like my aunt always would like she prefer she preferred those stores in the mall like Sears, JCPenney, yeah. Kaufman's slash Dillard's, whatever you want to call. It. I think that I think that is the same company. They just changed their name or someone bought them out and changed the name. I don't know. It was Kaufman's when I was growing up. But uh you know, she Macy's now. I mean, she prefers those stores because she gets the charge cards and just pays them off on her own. But like anytime she would take me Christmas shopping, we would always go to one of those stores and she would say, you know, pick out clothes that you want or pick out games that you want or something. And that's what would be my Christmas gift from her. So like, you know, it's particularly I'm talking Sears right now, not even Kmart. Um, I just like my my fondest memories of Sears are just going with her Christmas shopping, checking out the decorations, looking at all the new stuff that's there. And then picking out my games and Sears is one of the first because they used to have kiosks as well, much like Toys R Us, where you could sit there and play the games, you know, try things out, ones that they had in the systems. And I remember playing a lot of games uh, at Sears for the first time. And it was always really joyous to me, but it'll nothing will ever top me playing Mario 64 and Toys R Us for the first time. But, uh, you know, I as a matter of fact, the first time I played Comic Zone on the Sega Genesis was at a Sears. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just, I actually just thought of that. So I remember the first time I went to a Sears for games as a kid. Okay. Um, I could have been four or five years old. Okay. And they had the Nintendo out there and they had the full NES set with Rob the Robot and all that. Oh, so they had the whole package. They had the whole package. Uh, the video game section was pretty hefty. There's a lot of Atari games at the mm-hmm. time. You have to realize I'm 36 years old, so there's right. there still Atari games out there. No, when I when I was a child, they were they were hefty as well, and it, like you could just and it was sad slowly watching the section diminish. But uh, the Nintendo section was just it was massive, and like you said, they had stuff for you to play there. So they had they had to me, which were giant TVs at the time. They were uh, I think like 30 inch TVs. Let's <laughs> well, What did you? How big is your TV at home? Now. No, 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 no. Back then. Oh, I don't. My, my, my dad was. Dad had the money. We had, we had a big TV. Oh, but okay. uh, my, my personal TV, I think, was like a 24. It was a little. I was going to say, because for the longest time in my bedroom, I had like a small 18. little 18 or 18 inch TV. It was um, like 18 or 24 that I had in my bedroom. That's, yeah. the one I played, that's the one I played all the way up through Animal Crossing. So that's how long I had that one. For. Wow. GameCube. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how long I had that TV for, Brian. Wow. Um, okay. I was, I was at least using a 32 inch when it came to Nintendo 64 and GameCube. No, no, no. Uh, I, when I when I would play in the living room, but in my own bedroom, okay, I had a little one. But anyway, uh, I remember for, it was the first time I ever used the light gun. Oh, at at Sears, interesting. At Sears, Sears um, this is before I actually had my own NES. Uh, so I played Hogan's Alley, mm-hmm. 
and I played Duck Hunt and I was like, oh, I want this. And I was shooting the gun. I was doing great. And my dad, my, my dad's like, that's oh, my boy. Like, you know, <laughs> he's um, the greatest tootinest cowboy in, in the Sears. My, my dad, when he was in the army, was a small arms expert. So the fact that oh. his son was kicking butt, okay. uh, he's like, yeah, that's my boy. Um, and then he I, immediately bought you an NES in, in the game and the gun. I got it for Christmas. That year? Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they bought it from Sears. Did they get the uh, light gun in the game and everything you were playing or no? Well, they didn't get it right. They didn't buy it right then and there, but I, I had the light gun. I had all that, like I had the whole set. Duck I hunt had, and I, all I, that. Yeah, I didn't get robbed, though. No. Uh, I feel like I was robbed. <laughs> well, not really, because Rob wasn't that great anyway. Uh, um, But yeah, I, I, honestly, for, for games, I didn't really buy games from Sears all that much. I would always walk through. Yeah, and just look. Uh, because Sears uh, always had a, a big tool selection, craftsman tools. Yeah. Uh, and my dad uh, loved tools, so it would be like, oh, yeah, dad, I'll go to Sears with you. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'd walk up, go to the game section, and just look at all the things I want. Right. Uh, at the time, mom was working at uh, Toys R Us, so I, I'd be pre-shopping right. uh, for, for things I want, want to get over there for the discount. Right. I bought a lot more from Kmart, though. Okay. What you just mentioned, though, really sparked something in my mind. The modern day Sears gaming section. I know where it can be found. Like what Sears used to have back in the 80s and early to mid 90s. I know where that can be found. Where? Tell me if you're on the same line of thinking. There's a store currently out there, a big box store where the video game section very much feels like what Sears used to be. Hmm. So don't go to many big box stores, to be honest. You go to this one all the time. The Walmart? It is. You know what? Yeah. 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 Because they didn't have they didn't have the glass cases where the games are locked behind, but they had them in cages at Sears, at least in mine. They did. Mm -hmm. uh, they were they were locked in cages, but they were all facing forward. So you can see them. So it was very similar to the glass cases that Walmart has, except Sears had them in actual like metal cages. But they still had it to where one row was just the games Behind that was like accessories that you could buy, much like actual um, Walmart is now. Strategy guides were right there next to it as well. And then on the other side of the of the key of the um, of the gondola was where they had the thing set up that you could try, which Walmart does have. Now they aren't now they Walmart does have systems as well that you can play. They're on the end caps, at least in my local Walmart. Yeah. But they have like the the Skylander stuff there that you can actually mess around with. And after you started mentioning that, like it just started like I started getting this picture in my mind of how Walmart really does have the modern day Sears gaming section. I I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's, it's weird to like to picture my head now. Like mm -hmm. when you said the cages, I was like, Oh my God, I remember the cages. Yeah. Uh, they, they had that. And so did KB toys for a while. until they switched yeah, to glass. Yeah. KB toys went to glass. Eventually KB toys eventually went to the, uh, went to the GameStop model where they have the stuff in the glass behind the counter, like for new releases. And then everything else was in the drawers behind the behind the desks. So that was like the GameStop slash EB Games model. But uh, yeah, I shopped at Kmart a lot more, too. Uh, Kmart, uh, I don't know how you feel about Kmart, but I feel like that store has been out of business for the past 20 years already. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it, this is Kmart is a store that I have fond memories of, like as a small child, because Kmart was like my mom and my grandma's store. That and did you have any Hills department stores by you? No. In fact, uh, growing up, we didn't have Walmarts out here. Really? On Long Island. Oh. Kmart. Kmart was your. Kmart was it. 
What's your Walmart? Or yeah. What's your Mart? <laughs> well, because because Hills was a department store that was in Niles, Ohio. You might be familiar with it just because you used to go to Boardman. And there was a Hills and Boardman as well. But uh, they're they're like Kmart and Hills were always very similar to me. But Hills was in the location. And when that closed down in like the mid 90s, Kmart took its spot in at the Eastwood Mall in Niles, Ohio. So that's like where my mom and grandma always used to go. Best Buy is at that spot now in, in Niles. But uh because that Kmart closed a long time ago. But yeah, no, Kmart has been the store that really has always felt to me like, yeah, they've been out of business for like the last 20 years. And it's just felt like they have been going out of business. But at the same time, I continuously still to this day shop at Kmart. I go there still regularly. I still go to my local Kmart. It's a little out of the way. Yeah, mine's not like it's literally like I could walk to it. It's so close. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> my, 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 mine's a little out of the way, but I like because they have some pretty good deals from time to time. They do. They do. Uh, um, although Ray, Rayman would say Kmart sucks. Um, yeah, I, I, Kmart holds one of my most fondest memories of all time. Oh, interested to hear this then. Good. Uh, so I had to be eight or nine years old. Okay. Maybe. Um, and I was shopping with my aunt, my sisters, my, uh, my, my mom wasn't there. She was, my aunt had all of us and she was off like doing dress stuff with my sisters, whatever, whatever girls buy. Mm. Uh, and I, of course, walked over to the video games. Right. And Which I, I, I don't even, this. I don't even think my local Kmart has a gaming section anymore. I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, no, they definitely like, did. Yeah. This was, this was like 1989, 1990. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm in heaven. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. Um, I'm also a kid who walked away. Uh, no supervision. Right. Uh, so now I'm like, oh god, I gotta find them. Otherwise, I'm getting left here in the middle of nowhere. I mean, as a kid, as a kid, you have no idea where the hell you are. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm panicking and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, okay, they're by the girls' clothing section. So I'm gonna walk back over to the girls' clothing section. And of course, as you're walking by, blue light special than this uh, on so and so. And you're looking around, and I get to the girls' section, and they're not there. So in my head, I'm like, ah, maybe they're in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. So I walk over to the dressing room lady and I go, um, have you seen? And I describe my sister mm-hmm. and I describe my aunt. She goes, uh, yeah, they went, in, they went in there. So I was going to go knock on the door. Mm-hmm. So I walked in there and it's the first time uh, young Frank saw a boob. It was not my aunt. It was not my sister. Thank God. Um, but I knocked on the wrong door and the girl opened and wow. I saw a booby. <laughs> Why did she open the door? I do not know. Uh, that's probably one of the great mysteries of the, of the world. <laughs> uh, and I guess my aunt heard the opening and close, and she's like, oh, we're in here. So that's one of my fondest memories. Um, what are your fondest memories? <laughs> that's sad. So that was that. Uh, I ended up getting Battletoads that day as well. Nice. What so a good game. Came, so whenever, whenever Battletoads came out, it was around that era. Yeah, what a good game that was, too. Yeah, but I used to shop at Walmart, uh, at Kmart all the time. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't have Walmart. It was right. in the city of, I want to say, Bohemia, New York, which was two towns over from us. Okay. But it's like, it's it's in a weird area that like you'd never go to unless you're actually trying to go to, to Kmart. Is that the one you still go to to this day or no? The one I go to to this day uh, is a little closer to me. It was it was the other one we would go to. Gotcha. Uh, it was it was the fancy Kmart. Oh, okay. Pinkies it up. still is. It still is. They, 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 it's almost structured like part of it, like a TJ Maxx. Oh, okay. 
with like lots of like home like housewares and stuff like that and yeah really, really high end um no video games actually to my knowledge yeah, so I'm trying to think like the Kmart by us. I mean, it, the the electronics department is very small as it is. It's it's, it's not really nothing there. I, don't, I haven't seen a video game there in years. But I think they only stock DVDs. Like I don't think they actually even carry video games. So yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I don't think they do. Um, my biggest, my biggest, were you? Okay. Yeah, nothing. Not, now you're gonna have me go again. Next time I go, I'm gonna have to report back. Yeah, to I'm, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to stop in and see before they all end up shutting down. But. uh my biggest memories with Kmart are that's where I would get a lot of like our holiday decorations. So like, you know, my mom and grandma, we'd always go there and pick up new things for Halloween or things for Thanksgiving, things for Christmas. Like that was just where we got a lot like wrapping paper bows. Like we would always go shopping at Kmart uh, and, and to get things or even like just Christmas gifts in general, because it was closer than the closest Walmart that we had. Like it was probably Walmart opened up really close to us to where I was willing to drive to it and everyone else was willing to drive to it. And like, I want to say like 2000, I think is when, when Walmart really like opened up within like a respectable driving distance that's not over an hour away. So, so Kmart was, you know, like 15 minutes away. It was just the closest thing to go to. It was easier. Um, to this day on Black Friday, Jessica and I always still stop at Kmart. It's one of the stores we go to. And actually, we go on Thanksgiving because the, the Kmart is always it's one an, of the it's, ones. It's, it's the new Black Friday anyway. Well, not not for me. Like, I, I don't go. I go shopping at I'm willing to go at night, like 9 p.m. on on after Thanksgiving yeah. on Thanksgiving. I don't go to the like the crazy ones like Macy's that opens at like 5 p.m. and that kind of stuff. I don't do that. But before we eat dinner, like while in like the morning and afternoon, Jessica and I always usually hit three stores every year. CVS, Rite Aid and Kmart. Those are the ones that are always open Thanksgiving morning. So we always go there, check out their deals, usually pick up a few things from each store and then and then head home. So we we try to, like, find unique things to give to people or small little gifts, you know, like for people that we work with and that kind of stuff or wrapping paper, like just things that are just cheap on Black Friday. So those are the three stores we always hit on Thanksgiving Day. So that's that's currently still what we do. So Kmart is still regularly and in the rotation. And you're just, just going to stay? They're not closing it? Yeah, they're not closing it down. Yeah, it's it's staying for now. Uh, eventually it will shut down. They said this Kmart is dead, deader than dead. I'm surprised it wasn't I've on the never list. Not seen, I've never not seen Kmart dead. Even maybe, maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, I do have one more quick, small Kmart story. Okay, yeah. Let's go 1996. for it. 1996. Okay. Um, Nintendo I remember, I remember 96 for a reason because I was in the ninth grade. Yeah. Sounds right. Uh, and I was working for my father. Okay. Uh, as a 14 year old boy, there's your mouth. Um, and since I was working with my dad and he's paying me money, he says, you buy your own school clothes. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. Now, if you're buying your own school clothes, you get to make your own choice. And I did that. And what I'm wearing today is absolutely on purpose. I promise you. Okay. Um, I bought 12 outfits. Okay. Every single thing I bought was the color green. So you know what we're doing? <laughs> So you stand up. Yeah, he yeah. Wore. <laughs> he's, he's with even dark green pants. Um, <laughs> everything I bought was green. Why? I thought. I, first of all, it was my favorite color at the time. Okay. I thought it'd be. Uh, it was a school color. Okay. It was, it was green and white. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be the coolest. I got all these cool green clothes. Okay. And people are like, wow, Frank, do you own any other colors? <laughs> so to which my mother had to take me to the old navy afterwards to uh, kind of supplement my. My, my, my color palette but uh, yeah 12 entirely green outfits 
Uh, were, they all the, were they all the same shade of green? No, there were different shades of green. There were all different shades of green, uh, okay. different styles of shirts. I had collared shirts. I had T-shirts. I had, mm. uh, I had sweaters. But still, it was all green. Uh, I'm an idiot. Still to this day. Come on, I was 14 years old. Yeah, but you're 36 now and you're still an idiot. So I'm not an idiot. And, and now most of my clothes are red. So still an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> still only wearing one shade of color for the most part. No, you wear different colors on the show. You no, no, no. I, 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 black I, and blue. And I, I also always match my, my, my watch bands, my, my, my shirt. So you have multiple colored watch bands. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. See? Fashion. Yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. It's, it's called disposable income. That's what it is. Well, yeah, but then you can put, you don't have any money. Well, that's it. Sure. Uh, okay. Let's go on to our second discussion on the podcast today. We this have was, two. We have three. Five. No, three. I don't know how you're five. Uh, this one here though, it was planned for last week. And because Frank wasn't on the show, I, I chose to hold, uh, hold this off until this week. Uh, there is potentially going to be a spiritual successor to Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Now, this is not on Kickstarter. The creator of the game is saying that if you want there to be a Conquer's Bad Fur Day, support his latest release, and he will make a spiritual successor to Conquer's Bad Fur Day. So that latest release is currently available on Steam for $15. It is called The Unlikely Legend of Rusty Pup. And again, it is from the original creator of Conquer's Bad Fur Day, and it is a delicately told tale of a dog that thinks it's a toy, or is it a toy that thinks it's a dog so that you have to play the game to find out which is the correct answer. Is it a dog that thinks it's a toy or is it a toy that thinks it's a dog? So that's actually kind of neat. And I kind of want to read the description of this game and then we'll kind of talk about it and kind of talk about what we would want from a Conquer sequel. So let's talk about the unlikely legend of Rusty Pup first, though. Lost and alone in a richly detailed 2D world, you must help lead our sad pooch back home again just in time for tea. Uh, it says, don't just sit there and skulk or curl up for or curl up for a sulk. Lift that tail. I implore for it's time we explore. Also, they're going for a rhyming element in here. That's kind of neat. I didn't even notice that before. Our story. The whole, be- the whole, the whole, the whole game is that way. It's, it's not like a storybook. It's because it says here, our story begins down a drain. We are flushed. Did we slip? Did we fall? Or was it a push? That doesn't rhyme. Uh, not for the faint hearted. Explore this dark and dingy labyrinth. Avoid its pitfalls. Exploit its treasure. Relish its marvels. And so save those souls from a fate worse than death. Uh, the next little frame here from the book, it says, what a horrible thing. Bubbling brains in a jar. I suspect without these, we won't get too far. Light the way. Drop in a shadow. Lay a scent. Break his fall. Grab a friend. Fill that belly. Make a bridge. Set the fuse. Plant a bomb. Trap the monster. Be his eyes and his heart. Feed him up. Wind that clock. I tried to do it all on one breath and I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> so they're basically telling you the game, like game mechanics you're going to use there in the actual game. Uh, there's a building mechanic. Oh, with darkness around, foul creatures abound over here out of sight. Perhaps there's a light. Afraid of the dark, afraid of the depths, afraid of even of his own shadow. Rusty needs his master. Resources abound. Find them fast and forge new paths. Keep him on track, but don't dawdle too much, lest time catches up. A monster dazed, but not forever. You sailed unscathed beneath beneath its lever. The murk and dank are not the only foes, for in these depths lurk others who've made this place their home. Sometimes they help, but most just don't care. You're passing through, so stay alert and lay a path. That gentle nudge, that double bluff to bring our pup a a little closer to home. I kind of wish this entire thing rhymed. Like, I really want to read it as if it all rhymes and it just doesn't. 
Like, I really wish it did. Uh, the last here bit says lazy pooch wants to snooze, scratch his ear, let him kip up to you. Time to choose. And yet this little pup has a mind of his own. So keep one eye on your friend, but stay mindful of the daunting tasks that lay hidden ahead of him. Push him or cudgel, trap him or avoid awake or in slumber. Rusty will usually do as he is done by usually. He would not, could not in a house. He would not, could not with a mouse. He yeah. would not, could not here or there. <laughs> he would not, could not anywhere. <laughs> uh, this sounds amazing, first of all. Like, this game sounds great. Uh, very much point and click. Yes. Which, I really, which is my jam. Yes. That, that. It, it's only a Steam game. It's only PC. I think that's worth mentioning. Like, this game is currently available only on PC. Uh, very steampunk-esque in its yep. look. Um the horror elements are there. Yep. Uh, it's puzzles and platforms. How much beautiful, yeah, how much- beautiful aesthetic too. like, look at all the different vibrant colors and stuff that you could see. It seems amazing. And me buying this game is going to help support a new Conqueror's game. So, yeah. So, so what he's saying is basically now that we know what, what the, what the legend of the unlikely legend of rusty pup is any purchase of this game goes towards the funding of a spiritual successor to conquer. Now it is the original creator. I forget his name. So, uh, Sean something or was it? Uh, I don't remember because we actually just talked about it. Uh, we talked about it on BG Mania as well. If you listen to the episode we did last week where we did uh, graveyards and cemeteries, because he was the uh, Chris Savor is his name. Chris Savor is one of the original writers and creator of Conquer's Bad Four Day alongside Robin Beanland. Um, he obviously can't use Conquer because Rare still owns it. So he is willing to do a spiritual successor very much in the style of Conquer, probably just as raunchy, just as, you know, I foul humor. Command. Oh, like Command and Conquer? Yeah, see? Tied <laughs> together. Be or excellent. Home Divide, you know, like Divide and Conquer. That would just, be funny. I, I, anything that ties together in a nice cheeky little way. That would be funny, actually. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. Much like they did with Banjo-Kazooie ukulele. I mean, they, they I'm, I'm assuming they will. Like, that's just kind of what they're going for here. But uh, this is not platonic either. It's worth mentioning. So um, developed and published Rusty Pup was by Gory Detail Limited, I think is uh, Chris Savor's new studio. Um, but yeah, any any purchase of this is going to go towards funding a spiritual successor to Conqueror's Bad for Day. He already said he doesn't want to use Kickstarter. He's not going to rely on that. He's just going to rely on sales of this game to to, you know, to fund his idea that he has in mind for a spiritual successor to conquer. So I think that's, you know, that's pretty neat. That's, you know, admirable of him to do that instead of relying on crowdsourcing and crowdfunding. Uh, but my question to you, being a much bigger conquer fan than I am, because you've played through conquer's bed for a day many times, or I've, mm-hmm. only, I've only played through it once. What do you want from a conquer spiritual successor? I mean, I definitely want the, uh, I, I, I would love for it to be the same game in, okay. in, in essence. I don't want the same game. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the same platforming mechanics, the same okay. raunchy humor, uh, like giant worlds, collectibles, and the, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. I want over-the-top bosses. I mean, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day uh, had the great Mighty Pooh and Count Bachelor, just to name a couple, right, right. who are just larger-than-life characters. Just, I, I want the, I, I want the music. I want the. The yes, I hope Robin uh, Beeland would be willing to compose a soundtrack for the spiritual successor because Robin is still unfortunately at rare. So I don't know if he would be able to be contracted to do the music for the spiritual successor to conquer. I don't know, but I would hope that he could. If not, reach out to David Wise or uh, Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, I mean, 
I would actually love for it to continue the story of Conquer, but we can't. Right. Well, you could. Maybe. Maybe. You could you could theoretically potentially continue the story. But then again, Rare still could make an actual sequel to Conquer where the story actually picks up. So that's still a possibility. But you, you could always have, you know, your, 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 your cranky conk. Uh, sure. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have your have your new young guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I want the game that they can't make this. You can't you can't make a conquer game in 2019 or 2020 or however long it's taken to make this game. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's the issue that I'm that I'm currently running to in my mind is like, how would they pull a game like this off? Because, you know, the what's acceptable now and well, acceptable in quotations in terms of media and culture and just, you know, having to be careful with what you say and careful with what you do in today's society. I don't know that the game would be as true to life to conquer as fans of the game may want it to be. That's it. That's my, that's my only issue. I mean, like, right. I think they can, if you're doing, if you're self publishing, you can do whatever the hell you want. Who cares? Right. Rated, I mean, stick an M rating on there. I mean, conquer was M rated anyway. So yeah, but I mean, like EA couldn't put a game out like that or, you know, or Ubisoft couldn't put a game out like that because they have people they answer to. Sure. Gory detail answers to themselves. Right. I mean, it's not going to have a big it's it won't have a, such a big opening, but uh, and it will. I mean, like there will be like no I mean, it would be kind of hard for them to get like marketing pushes unless they're willing to pay for it themselves and, yeah. you know, like press and that kind of stuff. But I mean, people like myself, like people like video game outlets and reviewers, we would still play the game. We'd still talk about it. We'd still review the game like it's not going to stop us from doing that. So um, I would absolutely love if they made like a. uh N64 cart version of it as well. Ooh, that, that would be great. That would but be great. You know, uh, it's not far fetched. These things still st- still happen. Uh, no, they do. But I will say, I want to. Sp- I want the spiritual successor, if it happens, to be able to perform more than what we could see on the N64. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at Banjo Kazooie and you look at Ukulele. Ukulele is a much more gorgeous game, even though Ukulele has its issues. But to me, what I would want from this, if Chris Savor is able to fund it. I would hope that he takes a look at what Platonic did with ukulele and just models similarly to that, like, say, you know, because you, you ukulele play, you stuck to ukulele, it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Then it, it was like I was playing Magic Kazooie. Exactly. Like, it, it, it didn't. I felt like I was playing Magic Kazooie. Just exactly. the character. So that, that's all I would want from Conquer, like, or from or Spiritual Successor, is just make it feel like I'm playing Conquer, but the game looks better. There's new mechanics, that kind of stuff, but it still feels like I'm playing Conquer. That's what I would want. Yeah, and just keep the humor. Uh, if, if we have to, it may, be, to- be, it may be, be it may be toned down, but I think the humor will still be there. You know, um, you guys can do it. I believe in you. I'll pay extra money. Buy two copies of the Unlikely Legend of Rusty Pup. I might. I want this game now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely picking up the Unlikely Legend of Rusty Pup because that uh, after reading through that and realizing that it's being told in like storybook fashion. Uh, very Dr. Seuss-esque. I think it's awesome. So I'm going to I'm going to actually pick this up. And there's a lot of puzzle elements that I really think you would enjoy. It looks like so. Uh, you know me, I'm a puzzle guy. Yeah, especially puzzle games infused with point and click type stuff. That's got Frank written all over that Mr. Clean Bald Head. Yes, don't, don't hate me because I'm shining. <laughs> uh, something else is going to be shining over the next several weeks, though. 
That's X018, which Microsoft, oh, yeah, which Microsoft is holding uh, a media briefing where, for. Where, where, where's that happening again? Mexico. Oh my God, you had that ready. Hey! To go. You had that ready to go, didn't you? Yes. You had that ready to go. Al Francaro makes an appearance. Uh, it's been a long time since Al Francaro has been on the actual uh, on the actual podcast. Man, it's been forever since he's been on here. Oh, good. Let's, 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 let's keep, let's, that let's keep it that way. Exactly. Yeah. Mexico City, Mexico, X018. Uh, November 10th and November 11th is the date of X018. The actual press conference, from what I understand, is taking place on November 10th, which is a Saturday. So we're going to do Maybe. We're going to cover this. We're going to cover this. Hey, let's, let's do it. Yeah, it's uh, it's 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, I believe. So it would be from 4 to 7 hour time. Yeah. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to cover this. We're going to do a reaction to it. And it'll actually be nice because you'll be able to do it with me. But uh, we're going to... Now they're saying that there's going to be several surprises, first looks, new looks that games they already know about, uh, just information in general. So it's, it, I don't think it's going to be as jam-packed, say. It's not, not going to be crazy, yeah. No, and it's not going to be as jam-packed as like their, um, their E3 2018 press conference was, no. because to this day, I still think Microsoft won E3. Like Microsoft's com- Bethesda did not win E3. No, 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 no. But uh, Microsoft had such a fantastic showing that uh, it just it was awesome. Like I, I'm really what did uh, Microsoft uh, unveil the Elder Scrolls? Smartly, they did not because Elder Scrolls <laughs> isn't coming out until 2025. <laughs> if if not, by even by then, who knows? But uh, one thing I wanted to do here, and I wanted to give this time to to marinate. Obviously, that's why we're doing it two weeks before the actual show comes instead of just the week before, like we normally do. I want to do predictions for X018 to see kind of where we're in line of thinking of what we could potentially see here. So we've came prepared. We did not talk at all about our predictions. Like we normally oh. kind of mention some things to each other, but we didn't talk at all about these predictions. So I'm really curious what we came up with. We came prepared with five predictions each because this is potentially going to be a much smaller show in scale as to see like what we saw with like, you know, even even compared to like PlayStation Experience or Paris Games Week, which Sony wasn't even at Paris Games Week this year. That's why we didn't do Paris Games Week's predictions. Even, or even the Games Game Awards. You know, this. Game Awards, though, we will come firing on all cylinders with predictions because that's a fun oh, one to do. Yeah. That's, that was, a, that's a fun one to do. Favorite but, time of the year. But I really do think that uh, X018 will be kind of scaled back a little bit from what we saw at E3. So in terms of our predictions, the five that we came prepared for, we are allowed to cross over. Um, do you have that little spin the wheel thing still pulled up or no? You still have uh, that? I do. Hold on. Because we could do that. And then uh, whoever goes, whoever goes first, if that, if like, say I go first you. and you have. You. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'll go first. If you have a prediction that matches mine, just say, yeah, I have that. But if I don't say everything that you, that you had written down yeah, for I'll yours, expand. you can just yeah. expand on it. Exactly. And we'll, and we'll discuss it. Uh, I don't know how much crossover we'll actually have. I'm. I doubt it. I don't know that we will. Maybe one or two. Maybe not even that many. I, I, I'm guaranteeing at least one of these, but we'll see. Uh, potentially this one, the one I'm going to kick off with. I think this could be one of the ones that we crossed over on. Because as we recently found out, my first official prediction for X018, as we recently just found out, Sony recently delayed Days Gone from February 22nd, 2019 into April. That still leaves three games on February 22nd. Metro Exodus, Anthem, 
and Crackdown 3. Yes. One of the things I think that will be said at this press conference, Crackdown 3 will officially be delayed off of the February 22nd, 2019 release date, leaving just Anthem and Metro Exodus on that date. And I do think both of those games will stay February 22nd, both Anthem and Metro Exodus, which we could actually see both of those games appear at X018 as well with new trailers or new looks as well. I, I really, because Metro That's Exodus, potential. yeah, Metro Exodus was debuted during Microsoft's E3 conference, so it would make sense to see a new trailer there. Anthem, just because it's the biggest gaming convention still the rest of this year, besides the Game Awards, so Anthem being there makes sense as well. But I do think Crackdown 3 will officially be delayed, probably just by maybe maybe into April as well. Maybe it follows Days Gone, not to the same day, maybe early April, Days Gone is late April. But Crackdown 3, no, it will come out. I do think Crackdown 3 will be one of the games, will be the next game and the last game to move off of that February 22nd date, and I think that'll be announced here. Did you have that or no? No. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, I want to talk about Project X Cloud. OK, OK. Uh, I think we're going to definitely get more of a hands on kind of experience with this. Uh, see how it's going to work. See if they're going to sell some kind of like controller peripheral and lock your, to lock your phone into it. OK. Um, I, I feel like that's going to be one of like the major showcase things that we're going to see here at this conference. Now, is that supposed to be compatible with Xbox? Is like how? Like is that Xbox and mobile okay. it's supposed to be supposed to be battle. So, so somehow it's supposed to connect to your controller and the phone. OK, because I've seen a little bit on that, but I haven't looked into it too much. So um, I would be really surprised if they actually showed that off here. But it would I guess you're right. It would make sense. It would. I mean, it's a tech demo at the time. I, mean, I don't know how far along they are, to, but we, we know it exists. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think we're, we're, that's probably going to be one of the bigger spotlights because I don't know if games are going to be the biggest spotlight. I have a couple games I want to see, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have my next three predictions are all games related, but okay. none of them are new announcements. So that's that's how I'm kind of leaning is that we may not even see a brand new announcement here. Uh, but I do think we're going to see our first official look at a game that was announced at E3, that being Battletoads. I think we will see an official trailer so? reveal. Yes, we will feel an okay. official trailer reveal followed by small snippets of gameplay, but no release date or release window will be given. So we're going to see our first look at Battletoads. We're going to find out which studio is developing it. Uh, I think we already know, actually. No, I actually don't think we do. It's, um, it's not rare. We already know that Rare's not developing Battletoads. It's an it's a new it's... studio. Really? Secretly yeah. rare? Okay. No, it's not secretly rare. We, we talked about this I'm so kidding. many times. I'm kidding, yeah, we, we, I was, but no, I know that sometimes you don't remember things and like. Uh, right. I joke, but come on. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not rare. It's definitely not rare. Uh, that is a it's being independently independently developed. Uh, but I do think we'll see our first look at it. See kind of like what the graphics look like, what the game is going to be, how, how the game is going to be presented through an official trailer. Small snippets of gameplay potentially in that trailer or afterwards on stage, but no release date will be given. Okay, I'm down with that. I'm going to throw a new game out here because I okay. want to. All right. Fable 4. If a game is going to be announced, that's the only one I could potentially see be announced. Yes. Fable 4. Um, with the resurrection of Lionhead Studios. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, Peter Molyneux is actually going to be coming out. To, Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, we know they're working on the Fable 4. Yeah, Playground Games um, is. Playground Games yes. is working on it. That's the studio behind Forza Horizon. Um, do I think we're do I think we're gonna get a release date or anything nope. like that? Absolutely not. Nope. You'll be lucky to get a, a logo reveal and maybe a trailer. That's actually I was saying I was gonna say nay nay to the trailer, but probably yeah. a logo reveal. Yeah, you'd be lucky for that. Like 
maybe like a one final thing type thing like this is coming my little note here is fable 4 logo (laughs) yeah because if fable 4 is real that's an xbox scarlet title that's not an xbox one title because maybe maybe it's it's like maybe your last title no 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 because scarlet scarlet's next year potentially fable 4 won't be done in time so that's a scarlet title a pc and scarlet title i should say so True, Um, true true yeah no that's why i think just a logo it doesn't even announce platforms so my next prediction here number three for me this is the crossover i can feel it probably because i believe you actually even predicted this for e3 but i think it's probably time for this as well uh ori and the will of the whips is finally going to get its release date announced uh i actually pegged that for some time in april 2019 as well april or may april or may 2019 the will be when ori and the will of the whips officially gets its release date I literally have Ori and the Will of the Wisps release date, gameplay and demo as my thing. So. Yeah, I, I didn't include gameplay demo because I, I do feel that'll happen as well. But I think after we see that, all that stuff, there's going to be a trailer. So the way I actually think this is going to work out in my mind, they're going to announce somebody from the studio that's going to come out. They're going to show us like a gameplay section demo of Ori and the Will of the Wisps. After that, we're going to move on to a trailer where we see type of the same type of stuff, maybe some new stuff. And at the end of that trailer will be the release date. Uh, and I do think that will be either April or Mar- uh, April or May of 2019. Will be the will be the two months. I say they did all that, and they simply say, "And uh, anyone who wants to play, it's available on the floor." Blah blah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, so I guess I'll move on to my number four then, since your number our number three is aligned. Uh, Gears of War five. Literally my number three. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Uh, my number four is Gears of War five, and I said that uh, they will have a new trailer showing off more of what we can expect from Kate being the main character this time around. But still no release date or window attached to the game. It will still just say a generic 2019 as it did at E3. But I think a new trailer showing off because the trailer we saw at E3 introduced us that Kate was going to be the main character this time around. I feel like we're going to dive more into see what that potentially means for Gears 5 now. So we know that Gears 4 was all revolved around her and her, you know, her search for her mom and all that kind of stuff. But you still played as Marcus's son. Now we're playing as her. So I want to know exactly what type of things might potentially be changed with her as the main character. So I think that's oh, what the, the trailer whole, can the be The whole done. story is going to revolve around Marcus's son, but you're going to play as her. <laughs> that would be humorous, but I don't think that's the case. All right. Uh, I think we're going to find out what that new quadruple A studio, the initiative is working on. Okay, that's the uh, that's the one that they announced at E3, where it's like an amalgamation of a bunch of different people they put together into a new studio, right? That wasn't a studio before, because I I forget who they actually said. I remember, but I I remember, but I don't at the same time. But uh, there were some pretty big names that that they that they compiled into the studio. And they say they're working on like the first ever quadruple A game, which means they're going to put the best game of all time. Um, (laughs) Debatable. We'll have to wait and see. That's what that's their claim. Of course, I know, of course. Uh, so, yeah, I would lo- love to hear what they're working on, even if it's a little like a little because <laughs> you're not going to it's definitely not going to be something that's coming out anytime soon. Right. Definitely a Scarlet. Definitely. A definitely. Scarlet definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, OK. Well, yeah, just, been, any, anyone from the initiative to come out. Sure. And just kind of just give a tease of what they're working on. OK. Um, and, I'm, and I'm willing to say it right now. What is it? It's Soul Reaver. It's not, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. Um, we've been talking about it, though, so I got to put it as my number five. We are going to get our first official tease of Xbox Scarlet. Now, Phil Spencer did say <laughs> I do. Phil Spencer did say and this is how I think it's going to happen. Phil Spencer did say at E3 this past year that we would start learning and start hearing about the next generation at E3 2019. 
I think we're going to get a tease of what we can expect at E3 2019 here at X018. It's the first time Microsoft is putting on this huge fan fest. There's so much hype around it. They're going to they're gonna want to do something to leave a lasting impression and leave people talking through June of 2019. The way to do that, close out the show. Whether they close out with the Fable 4 tease, giving an indicator that that's coming to Scarlet or not, or whether they, they this all is all encompassing into one potential segment, a first official tease of Xbox Scarlet. Now, the actual name will not be revealed until next year. E3 2019, we'll find out what it's actually called because it's not Xbox Scarlet. That's just the project name. Nor will the console actually make an appearance at X018. I think I know where you're going with this. Okay. Instead, Phil Spencer is going to have a prototype controller in his hand that he vaguely refers to as holding the future of Xbox in the palm of his hand. He's going to he's going to do something sly like that. I swear to God, that was my unofficial number six. Was it? Because it was, it was a be, new controller. Because people could even take that as is this a new elite controller for Xbox One? He's not going to say it's for Scarlet. He's not going to say it's for Xbox One. He's not going to let you know if it's an maybe it is a new elite controller. Maybe it's an elite version two that they're coming up with. You know, Matt Hardy version two. Maybe it's uh exactly. No, that's V one. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he's going to have a controller that looks similar because Microsoft's controllers all look similar to an Xbox controller. But it's going to have some very visual differences that can easily be picked out. And he's going to do something like I am holding the future of Xbox in my hand and leave people wondering what he meant until E3 next year. The future is now. Get um, but yeah, that's my number five. My number five is not as exciting. OK. <laughs> this is more of this is what I want. OK, please make it happen. OK. Another new game announcement because okay. you because you weren't you weren't expecting two new game announcements with Fable Four out there. Killer Instinct. Yeah, I could see that being realistic. Uh, Xbox really doesn't have too many exclusive fighters. Yeah, I could see that actually being an Xbox One game next year. Actually, yeah. Is it? Would it? Are they on season three now? That because that would be season three. I think it would be. Because there's one and two out. So I think I think they're, yeah. they would be on season three if they announce it. So, yeah, I could easily see that happening. Yeah. Not not ne- not nearly as excited, exciting, yes. but with new special characters from a major title. OK, there you go. I'm out there. Perfect. Booger, Booger man. Booger man. Uh, no, not happening. Not happening. But OK, well, that's our five each official predictions for X018. Again, that is taking place November 10th and November 11th from Mexico City, Mexico. The inside Xbox where all the stuff is going to be announced and all the, the special things are going to be shown. That is being live streamed on November 10th. Frank and I will have coverage of that. We will record our reactions. Oh, I mean, if you're busy, then I'll do it myself. But uh, hopefully no, we'll be able to. No, no. Hopefully I'm we'll be able around. to. Yeah, hopefully we'll Can be able I? to. Hopefully we'll be able to link up and do that. Um I say just we bring we bring snacks and we'll have fun. Of course, absolutely, as we always do. But our reactions will be up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash level down games shortly after the conference ends in Mexico City. So you can actually tune in and check out what we had to say and what we thought of all the big announcements uh, shortly after it happens. So it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, that will I think that is our next major conference we're covering because after that, it'll be the game awards. So, yeah, yep. But uh, you know what that sound means. As always, it's time for a little kick start my heart. And I found a good one for this week, dude. I found a good one that instantly popped up when I searched for uh, new Kickstarter projects that were doing well, because this is already almost at its goal. And it's literally been on Kickstarter 
uh, for a, not even a day. Yeah, is that it, crazy? It went up on Kickstarter today, the day of recording, uh, which probably means it went up sometime in the middle of the night. Uh, the game is a 16-bit indie adventure. It is top-down. It is a Zelda-like action RPG presented in, like I mentioned, rigorously 16-bit style. The game is called Hazelnut Bastille. And like I mentioned, it's Zelda. This game is Zelda for the most part. Zelda and Secret of Mana. It's it's a crossover between the two. Hazelnut Bastille is coming to Windows, Mac, and Linux platforms at launch. If they meet the funding goal for the Nintendo Switch platform, they will also offer Switch copies at the earliest possible moment, hopefully at launch. And they did say they may potentially bring the work to other consoles as well, given enough support and interest. Uh, there is currently a demo that is available that includes around two to three hours of content, some overworld preview, and an entire dungeon level to play through, complete with quest items, puzzles, and bosses. Best of all, the content is completely outside of the game itself, so features a standalone level you will not find in the full game. So you can actually download this demo now if you go to their Kickstarter, play the play the demo, and uh, yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. I'm actually going to do that. I'm actually going to do that. But uh, let's learn more about the game here. Hazel Knight Bastille is a lush, top-down Zelda-like ARPG. It features a complex, character-driven narrative that deals with timeless life and social issues. It features a real-time, highly tactical combat system where the player needs to carefully read the screen and look at other each room as a novel challenge. There is also a central focus on sequential and lateral thinking puzzles, which ramp up in difficulty quickly as the player is introduced to new ideas. Best of all, all of this is presented in a glorious 16-bit character where everything from the art style and content, sound, music, even the camera and transitions are authentic to the game experiences of 1994. In our quest for period greatness, we have even they have even enlisted the help of one of the great composers straight out of this time, the famed Hiroku Kakuda, best known for his Secret of Mana uh, uh, soundtrack over at Square in 1993. So... Yeah, Hiroko Kakuda is doing the soundtrack. He is the original Secret of Mana composer from the Super Nintendo era. And the similar and the similarity isn't merely skin deep. They have uh, they have striven to deconstruct the classics of the SNES to extract all of the superior design principles behind their mechanics and level design to understand exactly what made them so peerlessly great, even by today's terms. Uh, as they say, we hope you will come with us in our quest to bring the rigor and polish of the past back to today's gaming scene. So interesting that they actually got the Secret of Mana composer because I didn't even know that when I was first looking at the graphics here at the top at the initial like trailer and some of the motion thing that we see here. I could just instantly tell it was inspired by Secret of Mana. So funny that they actually got the uh, the composer behind that game involved. Um, let's talk about the story for a little bit here, though. Hazelnut Bastille is the story of a young woman who has just arrived on the shores of a savage foreign land for the first time. She casts a haunted figure and has come to seek the fabled knowledge of a race of long-dead ancients on the edge of the world in hopes of finding a way to reclaim something which was lost to her. Along the way, she meets the other inhabitants of this undiscovered country, a band of castouts and pariahs from the old world, all seeking to make a new life in a place far away from their old troubles. Her story will become entangled with theirs as they each lean on one another for their own needs. And slowly, she will get to know exactly who each of these strange bedfellows are and what they have themselves run from in their old lives. Uh, this dude, like, just looking at these pictures, man, it really is a weird crossover of A Link to I'm the in. Past and Secret of Mana. I'm so in. This is instantly getting, like, like, this is instantly getting shot up to, like, 
my one of my most anticipated titles like I'm watching the gif right now where the girl is going on slashing the bushes and the characters pop up so like it looks like you know the combat a little bit is is very Zelda-esque but the way that the, everything is presented is very secret of mana I just can't get over how they're combining best of both worlds you look at the dungeon designs those look like freaking link to the past screenshots right there you know I'm looking at the grid right here I don't know if you scroll down that far uh, it's a it's a it's a grid of 12 images those look like a link to the past dungeons to me like straight up no joke, those are linked to the past dungeons. If you, if, you, if you scroll all the way down, you see the enemies. It's just very classic NES style where like it's the same character recolored and renamed. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's classic. It's no, this is, this is fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm literally uh, putting in right now as we as we speak. Yeah, this is fantastic. So the cheapest tier to get a copy of the game would be $15. We'll get you a digital copy of the game. Uh, $15 on your platform of choice. So... Pretty cool. Uh, all right, what tier are you jumping in at? Fifteen bucks. I'm okay. Right now. I I'm I'm gonna jump in at the twenty because I want the soundtrack. And I'm literally gonna tweet it as well. Yeah, you should because the I'm, fr- I'm the, the, the Frank the Frankosaurus at the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, because I want the soundtrack though because obviously, you know, it is the uh, the Secret of Mana composer which I am extremely excited for. Excited for Hiroki Kakuda. Uh, I extra five bucks for me for that soundtrack. Totally worth it. So. I'm excited for that, but let's talk stretch goals here. Let's see what we have to get. So in order for this game to come to Nintendo Switch, which is honestly, I'm not going to lie, I want to play it on the Switch. Uh, it needs to hit $110,000. Is it going to? Absolutely, it's going to. It's been, yeah. on, it's been on Kickstarter for less than a day. It still has 32 days to go. They're already over 1,000 backers. They're sitting at $42,669 at the time of recording. Uh, I'll refresh that. Oh, sorry. Uh <laughs> Oh, it actually—I I refreshed and uh, it, it still stays the same. So it hasn't been—it hasn't been calculated oh, yet. I guess they're took my money out. Yeah, it hasn't been sure. calculated yet. <laughs> Forty-two thousand six hundred sixty-nine dollars pledged of the initial sixty-five thousand dollar goal that uh, that they that they wanted. And it's so funny because they've already said that uh, they've already like if you look at the stretch goals, it already says met, uh, even though it hasn't been yet. So like they they they're just confident that it's obviously it's probably gonna hit it before the day before the day's already over. So by the time this posts on Monday, when you're hearing Kickstart My Heart, whether that's on YouTube, because YouTube, you still hear it on Monday. I cut it up to where you still hear it on Monday. Uh, audio, obviously, if you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, wherever you're listening on the podcast version, you're going to hear the whole thing on Monday morning at 9 a.m. But uh, yeah, that's already been done. I guarantee it. Uh, at $75,000, they're going to announce more content. So they're going to add two more levels, more items and puzzle types, more promotional art and more cinematics. At $85,000, localization, translations for Spanish, French, German, Italian, and Portuguese. $110,000 is that Nintendo Switch uh, goal where they will uh, release the game on the Switch, and they said hopefully at launch. There are four additional stretch goals after that, uh, goal four, five, six, and seven, that have yet to be announced. Uh, I'm willing to bet one of those would be PS4, Xbox One support. But... Um, I don't know. I'm hope I jumped. In, I, I've just pledged fifteen bucks. Yeah. I'm hoping that I get the switch option. You will. It says. It even says. Like it says, uh, get right into the action. Receive a digital copy for the platform of your choice. Unlocked in the campaign. Default is Windows. So ah, default means that. So okay. yeah, default. So if if the switch version is met, you'll be able to get it for fifteen bucks on the switch. Which tells me when this game comes out, it's probably going to be twenty dollars, like on the eShop. So, which is still, if you missed out on the Kickstarter, still 20 bucks for this game, I'd pay 50 for this game, dude. Like, this game looks fantastic. This looks like a game, this is a AAA experience right here, in my opinion. Like, I want this game so freaking bad. 
No, this is beautiful. Like, uh, re- rarely do I ever. Well, it's been a couple times before, but I, I jump right in. Yeah, I'm. Ju- I, ju- I literally jump right in. Yeah. Then uh, they're they're expecting this game to be done October 2020, so roughly two years. Because they, I, I feel like they've just recently started on it, so uh, roughly two years away. But still, I'm willing to wait for that man because this is fantastic. You sure you don't want to pledge uh, 2,500 and become an NPC? If I had 2,500 dollars. Uh, that would be the greatest thing ever to literally be in a game. Yeah, because we could put yourself in there with your bald freaking head uh, and your beard and your green shirts. I, 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 dude, so we're going back to it. Hang on. We're going to go back to a joke about on, on BG Mania. So you told the story. You go into cave art, how you would buy the color green. All that. Are you sure you're not Shrek? Shrek didn't wear green. He wore uh, a brown frock. His and brown skin pants. was green. Oh, is my skin green? No, my skin is glorious. Okay, <laughs> but 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 you, instead of your skin being green, all you wear is green because you want to be Shrek. I get it now, dude. I get it. Who wouldn't want to be Shrek? He's the Onion Knight. He is love. He is life. Actually, the Onion Knights are a class in Final Fantasy. That's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Hazelnut Bastille. Go look that up on Kickstarter. Pledge. Because, uh, by the way, it did jump up. Now it's 42684 so it's now since jumped up uh, by $30, actually. So that means two people have pledged, and I wasn't one of them yet. So uh, someone else besides you has already uh, has already pledged. There you go. But uh, unfortunately, that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week, unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about before going out of here today. Uh, just that you should always support your local ogre. Uh, that's about <laughs> it. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to Max Level, made possible by LoveItOnGames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to show your support by leaving a review or a comment, please. Hitting that like button, and if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to also follow us over at twitch.tv slash games for all of our live streams and event coverage and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box below for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level.